With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, that's what we'll do, because this is fucking silky and filthy. We're keeping the puck talk alive. Okay, you're listening to this on the Nux Misconduct Network, number 34, okay, in all of the hockey podcasts in Canada, top 34. Props, yo. Good shit. Y- y'all killing it, bro. I haven't been doing much, if if not anything. Y'all killing it, man. Props to Bondi. Props to Begsy. Top 34. I- I'm going to show that. I'm going to slide in the girl's DM and just fucking show them that picture. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's going to do. Are, are, are you trying <laughs> to say that you got the third? Your, your, to- your cock is top 34 in the Vancouver area? Is that what you're trying to say? Hey, in Canada. That would be such oh, a lie. That would be such a lie. That would be such a lie, yo. Come on, I'm a Hindu, bro. We notorious for, you know, it's just average. Hey, but you could break the reputation, man. Hey, hey, right? Eat some uh, eat some blue chew and, and get in there. No, the same, man. No two cocks are the same size. <laughs> Who the fuck says that, dude? Uh, no one says that, man. Let's get to this. This okay. sounds good filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. This podcast, part of the Knox Misconduct Network. Yes, you heard it from Kyle. Top 34 among hockey podcasts in Canada. Damn, I I think I should tell my mom, my wife. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, I got to thank you, the listeners. Oh, you know, facts. You're still, through, you're still sticking with us through these crazy times. You know, right now, indulging in hockey content is like marathoning one of your favorite TV shows until like 3.30 in the morning. You know, you want to go to bed. You want to do it, but you just can't get enough because you're a diehard, because you're committed. And listeners, I'm glad you're still committed to the hockey content. Uh, look, I got to say, Kyle, we're all missing hockey in our life. Uh, we've talked about hockey movies, hockey shows, but um, I don't know. Where's your, uh, where's your thirst for hockey at, at this stage, man? Be honest. Thirst okay. for hockey? Um, fuck, man. I feel like it just so braggadocious you know i've just been busy so i haven't really been thinking about sports but you know i was doing a lot of reflecting today and i'm i'm getting to a point where some of that work we're doing for postedup.ca and the posted up network i feel as if it's coming closer to a point where it's going to be more efficient more efficient based and then i'll have more time to think about the other things in life and we just got a a statement from the nhlpa and you've known my stance for a long time here i was over it you know i was over it Fuck this season. It's over with. It doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. Yet, you know, over the last week, we've seen progress from a couple of leagues. I think we've seen the NFL say something about October. We've seen the MLB come up with some sort of plan saying that they they could start in June and have a 100-game season. We've heard the NBA tell cities or teams that if your city allows it, you guys can use the practice facility. And now the NHL is has just released this statement. Should I read it? Should I read it right here? 
Yeah, let's react to it live here on Silky and Filthy, Trevor Bass, Kyle Bowen. After this, we'll get to our three hypotheticals to fill in the hockey void. But Kyle, let's react to it, man. Okay. Do I need like a Canadian old 45-year-old white hockey voice or what for this? Yeah, I think you should. I don't even know how to do uh, one. Following the NHL slash NHLPA return to play committee's meeting today, and in line with guidance provided by medical experts and national and local authorities, the NHLPA and the NHL issued the following statement regarding the continuing pause of the 2019-2020 season. I can't do this voice. I'm going to have to read with my, uh, I don't even know what type of voice I have. Some people, your, your best podcaster voice, man. You're like the, you're, you're like the podcaster with some swagger, you know? Despite Pod- numerous reports. Shut up, Trevor. Shut up, okay? Despite numerous reports and speculation over the last several days, the NHL and the NHLPA have not made any decisions or set a timeline for possible return-to-play scenarios. Given recent developments in some NHL lo- local, sorry, in some NHL clubs' local communities, we are now looking ahead to Phase 2 of the transition period that would follow the currently recommended Phase 1 period of self-quarantine by players and hockey staff. The, price, the precise date of transition to Phase 2 during which players might return to small group activities in NHL club training facilities remains undetermined. However, provided that conditions continue to trend favorably and subject to potential competitive concerns as between... As between fuck, these words, man. Oh, that's just desperately. I think it's disparately. Is that a word? Did I say it right? Disparately? Uh, disparatively? I, I, don't, I don't see the V there, but... uh disparately situated markets we believe we may be able to move to phase two at some point in the mid to late portion of may specific guidelines governing players and hockey staff hockey staff activities would be provided at that time in the meantime we expect players and hockey staff to continue to adhere to the recommended guidelines put in place when the season was paused on march 12th the return to play committee will continue to meet regularly okay you know what not a bad read right there. I give myself a 7 out of 10. 6.5 out of 10. 6.5 out of 10. I, I killed the beginning, and then I got fucked up for no reason. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think you did a, a fine job. I just don't know why you reread the first two sentences. Like, you did fine, and then you decided to, to start from the top again. But that's okay. I, I started uh, from the top again? No, I didn't. Yeah, I thought you did. I think you re- uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. Maybe it just repeats itself. But anyways, the big, the big news there, okay? The big news, if you could follow my reading, I think they're kind of... They don't want to say it because they don't want to be scrutinized for, you know, jumping ahead of the gun. But, you know, they said they said a lot of things that that said they're still far away. But then they just dropped, you know, mid to late May, which is in two weeks. (laughs) Well, well, they they talk about phase two. Yeah. So phase two is players returning home and being ready to go practice. Right. So that's not really saying anything other than, you know, the Markshams, Edlers, everyone over in Europe is, is coming back. And they're gonna be potentially ready to do something, but they're basically coming back. Their city's not doing anything; they're just on standby. Yeah, that's what I get from phase two. Even so. even that's a little. I just feel as if phase two, getting players to start traveling again. Do, do you think that all the players would be down for it? I, I had this conversation with Bondi off the record, and now I'm gonna put it on the record. How many of these players want to leave their families? And I wavered towards saying. The majority, they're, they're used to this. They're used to this, not being in a pandemic, not being in a pandemic. We're talking about different breeds of human beings. You know, these guys are competitive athletes and 
something just something just in their mind. They just want to be with the boys and play some games and do their thing. That's that's all they've been doing their whole life. And they are used to spending time away from the family. Do they love that? Probably not, but they're used to it. Again, though, this is a pandemic and, and it's a little different. I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if sports come back. <laughs> if they come back, bro. Real talk. I'm feeling it now. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like we both started on opposite sides of the spectrum. Me being on the side of, I think it's going to come back in the summer and you being on the side of, no, it's impossible. And I think we've kind of met somewhere in the middle because it, I think the more information you get, you know, it's, I think it kind of muddies the waters a bit more. The NHL, of course, is going to remain optimistic. And, you know, when you talk about players, you know, being okay with leaving their families because they're intense, I get that to an extent, but I also think that there's, it's going to be a split among players. Like even think about your friend group, your peer group, your family. I'm sure you have some people who take this incredibly seriously and all, all they want to do is spend time with their families. And then you have other people that say, you know what? Um, not maybe not being dumb about the situation, but being like, okay, I've had enough of this. Like, let's get back to normal. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're gonna have a mix between the players. I know Philip Deneau from the Montreal Canadiens tweeted and said, you know, if players do have to be in these cities for three to four months, I guess, sorry, three months, you know, do they want to be away from their families for that amount of time? And the mm-hmm. answer is probably no in a lot of situations. Especially and a lot, the guys yeah. are in their late twenties, early thirties and they have kids. Yeah, man. It's, so I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I also, so I remember I, I did a quickie episode about this earlier this week and I got chirped by for basically saying that, you know, players might not be motivated because they want to stay with their families to be with their loved ones. And the comment was basically, this is their lives. They, they get paid all the money in the world to do this. Like they should be doing this. But to me, I, that doesn't, like, that doesn't mean that you don't want to. I don't think it's a money thing, bro. I think it's a uh, psychological or just something intertwined with, you know, their, their DNA, because once again, we're talking about, yes, human beings, but these human beings have been playing hockey their whole lives, or these athletes have been doing one specific thing. We're talking upwards from anywhere from, what, 20 to 30 to 40 years consecutively, you know? And they're just different human beings, man. It may not, it may not be a money thing, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's them wanting to get out there, being with their teammates. A lot of things are going to come up. Like, what's going to happen if... Uh, when when phase two does happen and you have some players who are going to come back, right? For those people that are kind of questioning in it, it don't, don't, like, I feel like they'd be, they'd be opposed to, what am I about to say here? Leave their brothers behind? They got to go to war with their brothers? Well, you're not going to go to war with your wife and your kids? I don't know, man. This is going to be interesting to see the, uh, the angle that these athletes are going to, going to take and how they're going to be perceived after this because yeah we're talking about (laughs) fucking athletes leaving their families during a pandemic to play sports do their job don't get me wrong but to play sports because in most cases hopefully these these players were smart with their money we're not talking about people who've made forty thousand dollars a year thirty five thousand dollars a year you know we're talking about seven digits minimum six digits the money's not the thing here bro it's it's something else that will drag them back it's the brotherhood, the camaraderie. I don't even know, bro. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I think money is not the main motivation. Like you said, a lot of these guys are, are, are making a lot of money. And I do think there is one thing to consider, though, and that is, you know, it's reported from uh, The Athletic that playoff revenues, TV revenues, if the playoffs were to, were to go on, would be around 350 to $500 million. Now, that's helping the salary cap not get depressed more than it might already be, so... 
these guys, they're thinking about their future earnings, like UFAs in particular, who are looking mm-hmm. to get paid. You know, mm-hmm. that that ties in with what they're going to make, right? Because they, they're only going to get paid what teams can afford to give them. So there's a lot of moving parts here, man. Um, I, I know Just I talked be safe. about the logistics of this on the quickie. And these guys not want to, maybe they don't want to leave their families. Maybe they don't want to be cooped up in hotels for three months on end. Do, okay. Uh, that being said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this all goes down and we see hockey again. In do you want, like, do you need hockey based on how long we've been already in this? I talked to a homie about this. This, I do think that normalcy and what we saw, you know, eight, nine weeks ago here in North America, that will come back eventually. Some people think that that shit will never be the same. Like, life will never be the fucking same in North America. You know, what are you talking about? It, it will be it will be back in due time. A lot. It'll take a lot of time. Like, once things open up, real talk, once things open up, it'll take time for us to gradually become who we once were. But just being at this point right now, I don't know. I'm just not really into into sports right now. I don't even know if I I, I do want it, but I, I definitely don't feel like I need it. With that being said, I watch one game, game one. I know what's gonna happen, bro. Give me another one. Give me another one, yo. Let's Shit. go. Let's you know, go. Anyone who says they need hockey back, like, what the fuck does that even mean, man? You need food. You need water. You don't need hockey back. Mm, come on, hockey. get that the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here, man. Give okay. Fair enough, man. We only really need a couple things in this life to move forward, but yo, come on. Come on. I know I'm saying this, and I just fucking took the side of staying home for the longest time, but a game would be nice, bro. A game would be nice. Legit. You know, yesterday I came home from work, and I actually watched the highlight package from Game 7 from Calgary versus Vancouver back in 94 because they had like a 15-minute highlight package. That was dope, but... Same time, I'm like, yo, fuck this, man. Fuck this. Again, we don't need sports to come back. And I just, I'm starting to think that it is going to come back, man. In some shape, in some way, they're going to somehow finish off the season. I'm jumping on, I'm jumping sides, bro. I'm jumping sides. There's so much money at stake, man. When we're talking about half a billion dollars in advertising revenue, and that's just the NHL. Yeah, I I think they're going to do everything in their power to make it come back. And we're already starting to see possibly in may possibly down in a couple of days here maybe already in may if you're listening to this a couple of days late you know shops barbershops you know even casinos apparently might open up in bc like fuck if dude i heard disneyland may open up i heard disneyland may open up okay if disneyland opens up they know something that that we don't know you know they know that okay maybe uh, things are gonna get better disney disney world and disneyland reopenings are still uncertain okay Walt Disney World and Disneyland closed. Never mind. What, when did I when did I hear this? I heard this on the Breakfast Club this morning. They're thinking about opening up uh, opening up their doors, but we'll see what happens. Uh, once we see bigger establishments, I mean, we're talking about you know salons and and malls opening up. That's the start. Once we see these big ones happen, these big corporations, boom. Yeah, boom. I think that'll be that'll be a test for the NHL too, in, a, in the sense that if other things open up and there isn't a second wave then yeah, sports is going to happen 100%. And if there is a second wave, then it's going to be shut down. I think that's probably, we're probably going to know by, let's say, I'm going to say mid-June the latest. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, all right. 100%. So we talked a lot about the coronavirus, the hypotheticals. Let's move on to three more hypotheticals here on Silky and Filthy. One isn't really a hypothetical, but I'll get into it. Niels Hoglander, the Canucks. <laughs> Vancouver. Swedish prospect. 
You know, he was, uh, he had that great lacrosse goal, had a great season in the SHL. He is signed with the Vancouver Canucks, signed his three-year entry-level deal. Many expect that he's going to start the season in the American League, but Kyle, I want to ask you, do you think Hoglander will see an extended look in the NHL next season? And, I, and I'm not just saying he plays like a handful of games. I'm talking like 20, 30, 40 games. Do you think, do you think it's possible that he plays that much for the Canucks next season? What's up, Vancouver? What's up, Vancouver? You got some hockey news today. You must have been happy. I saw Bondi tweet out something under his uh, Power of the Towel account that was hilarious, and it was uh, Hoglander taking that photo. <laughs> Uh, you know, that typical photo, I'm about to sign my first deal. You know, look at the camera. You got the pen on the paper. Dude, this guy's pen is a fucking highlighter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Really? Yo, it looks like a highlighter. <laughs> oh, man. Shut so up. funny, yo. So funny, bro. So, so NHL right there. Yo, look, Hoglander, second round pick last year, signs at ELC. You know me, man. I'm not getting ahead of myself. Yo, bro, this guy goes to the AHL. He plays there. I don't even know how many games he gets in the NHL next year. I would say... The line would be what? 17 games, 18 games maybe at most for an over-under. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's an under. We're talking about a second-round pick. Now, with that being said, we are also talking about a salary cap. That's not going up. We are also talking about a Canucks team led by Jim Benning that is in cap hell. We're also talking about a team that has to sign Markstrom or maybe Toffoli, Tanev. They have to extend or re-sign Stetcher as well. This team's not going to have a lot of money. So once again, it goes back to having those ELC players making big impacts. So we, we've seen the lead change over the years. It, it wouldn't surprise me that a second-round pick from last year could still make an impact two seasons after his draft year, you know, so or one season after his draft year. That could happen, and Hoglander does have the skill, and he also has that uh, that bite to him that he's going to need. North American game. He's going to need that over here. And it ties in well with his competitive nature. So it surprised me, shocked me. I'm saying you won't get more than 17 games because I'm being, I'm not being pessimistic. I think I'm being real, real here, second-round pick. But, hey, prove me wrong because the Canucks, especially a guy like, come on, if Hoglander makes the lineup, he's going to play in the top six, I would say, based on that skill. We're talking about a dude can just, like, score the lacrosse goal whenever he wants. Guy was unbelievable in the World Juniors. We saw what this team could look like for one game with a a stacked top six, and a stacked top six includes players, skilled players that play with Horvat. That's important. That's something that they they can't go into next season, bro. They can't go into next season without having a winger that's not Tanner Pearson play with Horvat. That that's not fucking skill. That's not that doesn't have skill. That, that's some bullshit, bro. That's that's absolute bullshit. They need to bring someone in to play with Horvat. So if it's not Toffoli and they don't have cap, who else is it? Who else is it? Is it this dude right here? I mean, I, I you, you kind of you kind of stole what I was going to say, right? The two words that I think when I think of Niels Hollinglider playing next season, Tyler Toffoli. Now Tyler Toffoli Resigned to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, he's. I don't yeah. think Hogan really has a hope in hell of playing next season unless no there's way. a ton of injuries. No because way. If Tuffle gets injured, you have you potentially have Furlan, you have Leva, you have Vertanen, you have other guys who you might want to slot in there. Unless Hogliner absolutely blows the doors off. Yeah. Now that being up. said, I think Tyler Tuffle signing with the Canucks probably below fifty percent, which would open the door for Hoglander. And now I, I went back to his uh, his some of the profiles done before he was drafted by the Canucks. And the comparable that always got tossed around was Brandon Gallagher. 
Nice. Now, of course, Hoglander played in the SHL. Gallagher was WHL Vancouver Giants. Shout out Vancouver Giants. Um, so it's hard to compare their performances. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the fantasy stats guy uh, to that extent. But you look at Gallagher. He ended up playing for the Canadians in his third year after the draft. Hoglander, a year younger. Um, so it'd be hard. That much harder to make an impact. But Gallagher, Gallagher made that impact in his third year. You know, he played well in the AHL, came to the NHL, made some noise, and then made some noise in the playoffs that year. I could see Hoglander doing it. You know, I don't think there's much that that happened in the past year that deterred me from thinking that he could be a tight, like a Brendan Gallagher type player. We're talking about a small player who plays on the edge, who has skill, who does the little things right. There's a lot of things to like about Niels Hoglander, man. But I, I think him playing in Vancouver next season depends a lot on A, Tyler Toffoli, and B, injuries. No facts, facts. That that Toffoli thing's the the biggest thing. We're not we're not bringing Hoglander up to play with fucking Brandon Sutter, you know. So, so yeah, you know what I I, I know silky and filthy and NHL program, but yeah, I'm I'm just talking to the Canuck fans. We'll stick with Vancouver just a bit here. Why not try? And I could see them doing this next season because they are in cap hell. They are in cap hell, and I really don't want Jim Benning. Signing, they doing much if it's not you know keeping to Foley doing the whole Markstrom thing. I just just chill out for one off season, okay? If you, if you can't, don't spend that much money. Why not try Godet on the wing with with Horvat? Maybe put him in the top six. I don't know something about that dude. Something about that dude. I, you know what? Uh, with with the Godet thing, I, I think it's that they want him to develop as a third line center, and mm-hmm. I still think he has a lot to learn there. So. For a, for a small period of time, I was a fan of moving him up the lineup. Maybe if you need some offense and you're playing fucking Louis Erickson there instead. Oh, my God. Out there. But, yeah, otherwise, you got to keep Goddard in that third-line spot. Let him keep developing. Louis, Louis, Louis. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. Hoglander, Hoglander. Congratulations. Not the NHL. Pardon? Yeah. Not only is – I was going to say, not only is Nils Hoglander one of the hottest prospects in the NHL, but he's got one of the best fucking names to ever come out of Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got me thinking, is there any other names from Swedish hockey players? Like some of the best names from Swedish hockey players of all time. Like what mm-hmm. pops in your head, man? Can you think of anything? The best ones, right? Fuck, man. I really fuck with the name Fabian Brunstrom because I just think it sounds heroic. Fabian Brunstrom. Yeah. That, Yo, that, that, is a, that is a legendary name. Yeah, man. And, uh, oh, man, that's a, that's a great question, man. I mean, Ulf, Ulf Samuelson. That's a great name, too. If we're just talking about the names, I mean, it, how does it get better than that? The dude's name's Ulf. Is, is he Swedish? I'm pretty sure he is. Samuelson? Yeah, for sure he's Swedish. He's Swedish, yep. Oh, yeah. even... even or uh, Jonathan Dahlin's dad, Ulf, Ulf Dahlin. How about uh, Boris Salming? Like, that's a dope name, bro. That's a that's great an incredible name. name. Boris. These Swedish Amazing players have name. unbelievable names. You know, Forsberg? Yeah, I've I, always fucked with the name Forsberg, too. I fuck with yeah, that name. There's something strong about it, you know? There's something yeah. strong with the name For- Forsberg. Yeah, 100%. Heard it playing it until 2002 growing up. Don yo, Taylor. Yo, let me switch it up here. Let, let, let me throw a little curveball, man. Who, who's the best Swedish hockey player of all time? Okay, man, you, you read my mind because I was, I was along the lines of my next question. One of the, the best Swedish hockey player of all time, man, I, I think it's Forsberg, to be honest. I still think me Forsberg too. is one of the most underrated hockey players yes, of all time. Yes, yes. I think it's 1.1 points per game or 1.2. Like, it's it's fucking high. It ranks in the top 10 all time. Bro. Like that's that's nothing to fucking sneeze at. Peter Forsberg, 708 games, 885 points. And a lot of those games that he played, he was injured. 
He really was, and he's just a fucking tank, bro. One one of my favorite players to watch when I was younger, and I and I have a Peter Forsberg jersey. It's somewhere in here. I barely rock it, but I gotta rock that jersey more. That's a that's a cop. Peter Forsberg. Not a lot of players have been have been similar to his stature. You know, the real talk, the way he competed, the way he hit, the way he dictated the play too. I mean, you usually you usually see players like that who can do it all be these crazy goal scorers, but he was just a dude with pace as well, you know? He could slow the game down better than better than anyone. You'd have to play the Peter Forsberg game, you know, one-on-one with him. He's making you play his game. And, man, I remember that one goal he had against Mika Kiprasov where he just circled around the net a couple times and just took a half-clapper bar down. I believe it was a TSN game too because I think Gord Miller had the call. Just an unbelievable call. Shout-out, Gord. And an unbelievable goal, bro. Peter Forsberg... The Canucks, Northwest Division, played this motherfucker like six to eight times a year sometimes. Guy killed us all the time. And even when he went to Nashville and Philadelphia, when he was healthy, so dominant. So dominant, man. Yeah, he's crazy. And, and you know what? I actually under I, – I didn't give him enough credit. So his points per game was 1.25. Okay, okay. <laughs> which, is, which is insanity, man, especially since he played in the dead puck era. Absolute insanity, man. Um, you want to talk about some of the other great Swedish players since you brought that up. I, I would, my vote would probably still be Forsberg. I think his career was cut short. We didn't see the best of him. Um, I think Nick Lindstrom is the other guy who has to get Oh, man. Yeah. What are we even talking about, bro? Come on, right? Yo, this guy's that Nick Lindstrom is the best Swedish hockey player of all time. Hands down. And no debate. Real talk. You winning that many Norris's, bro? That many? How much, did he, how much does he have? Like five or six Norris trophies? Uh, how many times was he, he a? That, how yeah. many times was he a, a finalist, bro? Bro, Nick Litstrom, one of the smartest hockey players ever. So nonchalant. You want to talk about a guy that that made the game slow down? It was him. He he didn't even need the puck for the game to be slowed down. Just so good, so good with the stick too. Man, yeah. Nicholas Litstrom, bro, what a tank! What a tank, bro. Would you? Wouldn't you say that Nicholas Litstrom? How is this guy not not in the top 10, top 15 players of all time? He would have to be there based on the accolades. And on top of just winning the Norris's, bro, we're talking about a multi-time Stanley Cup champion. You know what I'm talking about? How many Stanley Cups does this guy have? Yeah. Three, four? Incredible. Four, I believe, yeah. Four, four Stanley Cups. That's a ton of hardware, four bro. Four Stanley Cups, seven Norris's. And, 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 and a gold medal. Forsberg, and, and I, I, I do kind of want to stand up for Forsberg a bit. My only st- argument for Forsberg is Forsberg played half the games, less than half the games. That I know, played. man. You know, he's we such, never, we never really got to see, you know, Forsberg play 1500 games. Forsberg plays double the amount of games of, of a seven Oh eight. It might be a different conversation. I mean, he might be up there with Yager, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And probably in the top, you know, three or five all time in points. Yeah. Foppa, man. Not, not many players like Foppa. Yo, shout out Foppa. You know, I remember him, making multiple attempts to come back. And the last one, it might have been, what, 2011, grad year or something like that, you know? So he played, like, two games or something, five games or something. He just crazy. He kept trying. He kept trying, bro. He kept trying. Yes, to play, he played two games, two games, 2010, 2011. And it must have been so heartbreaking for him to just not be able to do it. Straight up. Straight up, yeah. man. Close, but not quite, man. I, okay, I want to ask you one other question. I love playing games with you on the show, man. All yep, right, Silicon so we Filthy. Got, we, talked, we talked about uh, Nicholas Lidstrom, obviously. There are four other Swedes 
who surpassed 1,000 points. I'm, I imagine you're, you're going to be able to name them, but uh, I'm going to put you on. Well, uh, no, okay. Put, put me. Yes, Henrik and Daniel. But I actually did look up the top, like top Swedish scores when we were talking about Forsberg, but I didn't look, I didn't really look at the top of the list, you know, just, I just was looking for Peter Forsberg. So, um, you have three of the five. Yeah. Matt Sundin. Yeah. He's Daniel Alf- leader. is Alfredson. There you go. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Nice job. Yeah. Look at you on the ball. On the ball. Damn, I, OGs I, from you might have lost it. OGs from the dead puck ball. era. Well, okay, that wasn't was was that the dead puck era? When was the dead dead puck era? Can we just uh, finalize this? Was this the, the late nineties? Yeah, it was the late nineties and early two thousands. Early two thousands. Okay, all four of those guys. They were in there. Yeah. They were in there. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it wasn't easy back in those days, man. And not giving Matt Sundin or the Sedins enough love, but I, I do think the best Swedish player debate of all time comes down to Forsberg and and Lidstrom. Yeah, Matt Sundin is definitely not. A, yo, Matt Sundin was never one of the best players in the league. If yo, if Henrik and da- I'll say this right now, if Henrik and Daniel Sedin twins, with one winning a Hart Trophy, the other one winning an Art Ross, I don't even think Matt Sundin led the league in scoring. I could be wrong, but I don't think he did that. If Henrik and Daniel don't become first ballot Hall of Famers and Matt Sundin did, that's some bullshit. That That's some absolute bullshit, bro. First ballot. Matt Sundin was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Probably made the, the third round of the playoffs two times, three times. You know what I'm once. saying? Sure, once. Once only with, uh, what was it, Carolina-Toronto back in the day? Was that the series? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Carolina and Toronto, I think so, in 02, right? Dude, first ballot, Matt Sundin, which is cool, but if that's the case, and then you have Henrik and Daniel, who are twins, fucking twins, doing what they did, and if they're not first ballot players, yo, suck my ass. That's some bullshit, bro. That's some Toronto bias for sure, bro. Again, Matt Sundin was never one of the best players. Like, he was never top two, top three best player in the league. No, he Even in the and 90s when he way, when he was drafted, like, think way. about all the stars there. You know what I'm saying? And Henrik and Daniel, yeah. Crosby and Ovechkin were here, bro. Crosby and Ovechkin. And they and they surpassed him for a couple of years. Real talk. Their first ballot Hall yeah. of Famers, Henrik and Daniel, in my opinion. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, by the way, we did fuck that up. It wasn't uh, o- o- the O2 playoffs. It was 1998-1999. Uh, uh, Buffalo beat Toronto 4-1 in the conference final with Matt Sundin. Damn, okay. So I guess that Carolina series was a second-round series then? I don't even know. I just remember. Yeah, it must, it must have been. Man, the Leafs, have made, the Leafs haven't made noise in the playoffs in so long. It's hard to remember these things. Okay, okay. What's next? What's next? All right. Well, okay, so you kind of read my mind. I, I, my, other, my other hypothetical here was who is the best Swedish player in the NHL today? And, and I whittled it down to oh, five today. options. But, you know, feel, feel free to riff on anyone else. I came up with. Victor Hedman, Nicholas Backstrom. Nope, nope. Eric Carlson. Nope. Mika Zibanejad. Nope. And of course, it's Elias, Elias Pettersson. If it's those guys, it's Elias Pettersson. Elias Pettersson. Yeah. If it's those guys, it's Elias Pettersson. Are you not putting? I would argue, <sighs> man. Who else could have made this list? Philip Forsberg. There has to be. Yo, there has to be better Swedish hockey players. And this is nothing against Nick Backstrom, but he's been in the league for a while. Like, he, he is, what's going on there? What's going on there? Also, Eric, Eric Carlson had a rough year. Eric so Carlson? We were, like, what's going on there? Carlson's a fantastic, fantastic defenseman, but had a rough year. 
And we're looking at like Gabriel Landeskog, Rasmus Dahlin, Larson. You know, it's it's a lot of players who are good, but not quite obviously Hall of Fame good. Um, Elias Lindholm in Calgary, John Klingberg, Ricard Raquel. You know, we're not talking about superstar players. William Nylander in Toronto, maybe. Rasmus Dahlin. Ah, Rasmus Dahlin. You think he's worthy of being the best Swedish player in the NHL, though? I think he's worthy of, you know, being in the top five. Not not now. Obviously, he's having a bit of a... He's not even having a down year this year, man. Just search it up. He's got 40 that's, points. That's the question I'm talking about. Who's the best Swedish player in the right NHL now, right now? Right now. You got to play one pickup game. You got to play one pickup game. So we're not talking about potential or anything. You just got to play one game. You need one of these players. Yes. If we're only... If we're picking Swedish players, it's Elias Patterson. And that's amazing, bro. And that's no West Coast bias. That really isn't. That's just someone who watches hockey saying facts, okay? Saying facts. And we're blessed to watch Elias Patterson every single fucking night when there's hockey on. And in the East Coast, they're not watching the Canucks play. So they, they don't understand what Patterson can do throughout the whole game. They may be seeing only highlight packages. We see the effort, Okay. We see this guy getting pissed off and trying to hit people, too. That's going to surprise people. You know, when the Canucks have playoff runs, the world, the hockey world, is going to be surprised at how intense Pedersen really is because he's going to engage in physical contact. He really is. We may not like it because we don't want the guy getting hurt, but that dude's a killer. He's a killer. He's a killer, bro. When, when it comes to hockey, the dude only wants to win and get better, and he's not letting anyone get in his way, so... That's the guy I want on my team. Yo, Elias Pedersen is on my team. What the fuck am I talking about, bro? He's a, he's on my team, bro. Ah, you, Shit, man. You lucky guy, man. You know what? As much as uh, you want to pump Elias Pedersen's tires, and, and deservedly so, to say he's the best Swedish player in the NHL right now, I do think is a bit of a West Coast bias statement. Not going to lie. Okay, and go. That's just Kodak Network. You can come after me on this one. But I would probably argue that right now, in terms of at least this season, going into the potential playoffs, I would argue you probably want Victor Zibanejad oh. or Victor Hedman on your team over Elias Pedersen. Victor Hedman is, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but he does it all, man. He does he's it all. Defenseman. He's, hard to, he's hard to score on. He puts up points. And Mika Zibanejad had probably one of the craziest seasons this year. Yo, he's sick. One goals in 57 games. Sick. Zibanejad and Panarin single-handedly carried a shitty Rangers team almost to the postseason. Right now, I would argue... Because Zibanejad is the best Swedish player in the NHL. Ooh. Now, Pedersen could easily overtake him next season. But right now, I'd say it's Mika Zibanejad. Now, I like Mika Zibanejad, though. Dope name. Two two dope names, okay? We're talking about Mika yeah. and fucking Zibanejad. You know, that that's back-to-back, bro. That, that's that's great. And he had that five-goal game, too. He was on a tear. You're talking about 41 goals in 57 games. Probably playing with Panarin. You never know. He could have got to 50. You know, nine more goals in what? 15 games, 13 games, whatever it was, he could have done it. He could have done it, bro. Because yeah. he's on fire. and he's he's. But he's been a good player, man. He's been a good player since he got in the league pretty much, man. Real talk. Real talk. 20 points his first. Oh, no, he had 20 points his first half season with Ottawa. Then he got up to 33. Nah. Dude, man, this guy. Then 46, 51, 37, and 56. And then, man, this guy's been great the last two seasons 75 points 74 points good player good player man yeah david quinn did him a lot of good and yeah i honestly do think Pedersen's gonna have the better career then or sorry that Petter, yeah Pedersen's gonna have the better career than zibanejad but right now i, I think zibanejad is the best Swedish player in the nhl okay okay yeah, probably put ahead in second okay okay fair enough fair enough you know i think you're just being a dumbass but it's all good it's all good 
That's okay. I think you got the West Coast bias. But hey, man, this is the show with the West Coast bias, and you lived up to that. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm fucking proud of you. Hey, man, Vancouver, Vancouver. What's up? We talking top 34 NHL podcast of, of all time right now, okay? I'm going to say all time, not just today, of all time. Drop it. We all climbing, time, we climbing, we climbing the ranks. And, you know, everyone's everyone's got to realize something, okay? Right now we got the Post It Up Network up. It's going to be up in an hour. And on top of that, if hockey comes back, and now we're just firing on all these types of cylinders. Come on, bro. We're going to be top three, top five, maybe one. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe one, man. Maybe one. Okay, man. You know what? This, this is a top 34 podcast because we have some fun. And we hope you fucking learn something because we learned something along the way, too. Not a lot of bullshit today, man. Just a lot of uh, – we didn't give uh, the people a lot of bullshit. And that's why they come here. But I, I really don't have that much bullshit. Am I, am I out of bullshit in life right now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're you're the single guy. You're probably not chasing much right now. No, bro. Uh, well, think about this, man. I was, I was, man. I was getting into shape mentally, physically. Still there mentally, but not there physically. To you know, join the race, join the chase. And chase is way too too aggressive of the word, bro. Yo, I just want I just want to take a girl out. You know, <laughs> start from there, bro. Just one step at a time. I was ready. It took me like, I, for whatever reason, I took a hiatus for no reason at all. You know, thinking my life was going to change drastically in 12, 16 months. I was like, yo, fuck it. You know, no woman in my life for a while. Let me grind. And then 2020 came. I'm like, yo, I could do this while I have some woman in my life. And I was ready to do that. And coronavirus. It happens, though. It happens. It happens. I I, I did try to tell you otherwise. um, And you kind of brush it off as me just being a I know. I remember that shit, man. Just overthinking all the time, bro. Damn, all those smoke sessions. And damn, bro. Because the last girl, she was nice, but it, it is what it is, bro. At the end of the day, bro, if my heart wasn't in it, it, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know what? You have the structure, man. You have the seven-date rule. You have the charm. <laughs> Almost got the beard, too. Almost got the beard, too, man. There you go. There you go. A lot of things going your way for when this coronavirus ends. Ladies, watch out. Kyle Bowen will be back on the streets. Ooh, streets. On the Tinder. Streets. Tinder. Okay. Should we get out of here? Let's go. Get out of here. My name- ah, sure. Let's get out of here. Okay. Listeners, again, we thanked you off the top. We're going to thank you again. Yeah, you know, thank you. Obviously, em. people are listening to this podcast, Top 34 Podcast. We kept mentioning it. You listeners, you guys are Top 34 in our hearts. All of you. Um, no, 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 no. They're, they're, they're Top 3 in my heart, okay? We got the family. We got the friends. And then we got the listeners. Real talk. And the listeners will never be more important than the family or friends. Once an entertainer starts doing that, I think they get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing better than family and friends. Let's be real. Let's be real. But the listeners are damn important. You're saying top 34? You're, come on. Why are you lying to them, bro? Come on, man. Sorry, I, I, I got to get my priorities straight, man. And, <laughs> and you're, you're right about, uh, you know, you can't sell your family and friends. Those are always one and two. Yeah. Uh, yo, I watched this episode. I don't know if you've heard of the show Twilight Zone. So that there's the Twilight Zone show from the 90s. 60s? Oh, it's the early 60s. It's, wow. a, it's an old show, black and white. Amazing show, amazing writing. Tell me. So they, I was just going to say they revamped it for 2019. And they nice. did like a, a new version with, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele is the director. But anyway, there's one episode where a comedian, he only gets people to laugh by making fun of his family and friends. And every time he makes fun of his family and friends, they disappear. 
it's pretty crazy. So, anyways, if you need someone to watch, go check out. That's bizarre. Uh, any of Twilight Zone, man. The new one, the old one, they're all fucking. That's good. bizarre. You you want to hear about my plans tonight? Okay, so after we uh, do this recording coming up of Meanwhile in Canada, which is, which is has officially moved to the Posted Up Network. Okay, does that mean that we will never do Meanwhile in Canada on Silky and Filthy? I don't think so. We're gonna have to find a way to do it abbreviated and just get these people to go to PostedUp.ca and get the Posted Up Network. Because that's what you're going to have to do, okay? You made us number top 34. Now make us number one in the world of pop culture, in the world of literature, in the world of entertainment, education. That's what we do on the Post It Up Network, okay, baby? Now do that, postitup.ca. Should we bring back Meanwhile Canadia on the set, on the show just for a little bit? Okay, this is my plans, okay? We're going to record this episode. And then all I'm doing today, straight up, is eating, smoking, sleeping. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. Gonna throw a walk in there for my dog. Cause if you're a dog owner and you don't walk your dog, even in the rain, you're just a you're a dickhead. Real talk. You're an no excuse. Those are my plans. Let's let's get out of here though. Cause Silky and Filthy, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Nux Bisconic Network. Again, thank you so much for listening. That that means that means a lot. Real talk. You don't have to do that. And you're choosing to do that during during a time where the world is at question, man. So we appreciate that. We really do. You got any last words or should we just Peace it. Get out of here. Nothing other than we appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you clean bastards on the flip side. Peace.